scripture today comes from Matthew 28. I'm going to read it in the message. After the Sabbath, at the first light of the new week, as the, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and sat on it. Shafts of, of lightning blazed from him. His garments shimmered snow white. The guards of the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they wouldn't move. The angel spoke to the woman. There's nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised, just as he said. Come look at the place where he was placed. Now, get on your way quickly and go tell the disciples. He is risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message. The women, deep in wonder and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. They fell to their knees, embraced his feet, and worshipped him. Jesus said, You're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers that they are to go to Galilee, and that I'll meet them there. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I, I did my Christmas Eve sermon as a shepherd telling the Christmas story. I was in a costume that day. You, some of you may remember Naomi from that event. She came back. But, but I thought, actually, as a kind of a sequel to that, I would talk a little bit more about sheep here at Easter. Now, sheep are a big part of my family history. My mom raised sheep. In fact, this is a sheepskin of one of her sheep growing up, one of her favorite sheep that she's kept all these years. And so I said, I want to borrow that. Can I borrow that? And so she reluctantly let me take it. So you can see kind of my history right here. Like I, I love sheep. In fact, I still have uh, a cousin. It's like a third cousin or something. But I still have a cousin that still raises sheep to this day. I'm fascinated by this imagery of sheep and shepherding in the Bible, and it is a big, big theme in the Bible. Many of the great characters of the Old Testament were shepherds. Who do you remember that was a shepherd? David. Abraham was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. Amos was a shepherd. I mean, sheep were a very important part of the economy of Israel, as well as their religious system. So really... For people from the first century, like Jesus, they would have seen shepherds and sheep abound everywhere that they went. So it was pretty common to have shepherding be an image, and it was an image of leadership, taking care of your sheep, both for Israel and talking about God. How many of you can remember the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my what? Shepherd. And it's a major, major theme in the Old Testament, that, that the Lord is my shepherd. In fact, Jesus uses imagery of sheep several times in his preaching. He once talked about what's called a sheep's gate. So what they would do is they would have either kind of a natural sort of cave or they would sort of build up walls into kind of a circle to herd the sheep in at night. But there was normally not a gate over it. So what the shepherds would do is they would lay across the gate. So if the sheep wanted to get out or if a fox or wolf or something wanted to get in, 
They had to get past the shepherds. So the shepherds would literally act as the sheep's gate. So Jesus says, I'm the sheep's gate. And then there's another part of that, of Jesus' teaching, where he talks about himself being the good shepherd and that his uh, sheep will know his voice. Have you heard this teaching before too? Because what would happen is there'd only be so many of these sheep pens at night. So the shepherds would all get together. And so you'd put like three or four flocks of sheep in this sheep pen. And then the shepherds would lie across and be the gate. And in the morning, you'd have to call out your sheep. And then your sheep would gather around you while the other shepherds were calling their sheep. (coughs) Sorry. I knew this was going to be a problem. Um, So sheep are actually very good at recognizing voices. I don't know if you knew this. A couple summers ago, I went to see my cousin who had sheep. We came in the evening, and the sheep were all eating in the barn. And basically, when a mama sheep would decide, okay, it's time to go out to the field, we have eaten enough, she would go stand by the door, and she would start making noises. And to me, all the sheep sound the same. You ever heard sheep? They all sound the same. I don't understand. They all sound the same to me. But sheep know voices. And so the mother would just would, would make a sound, and then she would just keep making that sound until her little lamb would come bouncing out and follow her out. And then another mom would get full. She'd go over by the door. She'd call until her sheep, until her lamb would come bouncing out. See, the sheep know voices. Isn't that interesting? So they would know the shepherd's voice. That's how the shepherd would call them. All these shepherds could call and your sheep would come to you because sheep are so good at recognizing voices. And so the image is, if Jesus calls you and you're one of his sheep... You answer the call because you know his voice. See, I love, there's, there's such rich images of sheep and shepherding in the Bible. But I learned a new one this year. When I was on my study leave out west, uh, my teacher, Len Sweet, told a story. Actually, he got it from an author uh, named Sheila Walsh <coughs> that I had never heard about sheep. How many of you have ever heard of a bummer lamb? Have you ever heard of a bummer lamb? Who's heard of a bummer lamb? Okay, both of you. They're good. This is perfect. Okay, here's what happens. Occasionally, a sheep, a, a lamb will be born that is rejected by the mother. This is going to happen for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes the mother can see some kind of, of illness in the sheep. Sheep actually have twins pretty often. And so sometimes the mother will decide, you know, I can't take care of both of you. I'll, I'll just take care of one of you. Um, sometimes there, there are sheep that are, have no motherly instincts whatsoever. And so they have this sheep. It's like they're surprised it happened. And then they want nothing to do with whatever just happened. But for whatever reason, sometimes a mother will decide it doesn't want a sheep or a lamb. And actually the, she- the, the, the sheep is, the, the mother is normally pretty rough with that lamb. It like headbutts her, the, the lamb and pushes the lamb away it, it doesn't happen that often in, about, in, in large sheep farms of about 3,000 to 5,000 sheep. It's reported there may be 10 bummer lambs. Okay? And so what happens is this lamb feels rejected. It has physically been pushed away and rejected by the mother, right? And so what it'll do is it'll, it'll drop its head. You can always tell bummer lambs because their head's down. Okay? And in fact, they'll get so depressed that they'll just lay down. And if you do nothing for them, they will give up on life and they will die. With no mother to take care of them, they will have no zeal for life. They'll be totally rejected and despised. 
That's why I think they call him a bummer lamb, because they just looked like a downer, like a bummer. Right? So what are you going to do with this bummer lamb? Well, they're actually fairly cheap to get at the market, because a lot of times they don't make it. But if you're going to save a bummer lamb, a shepherd's got a choice to make. Sometimes, on rare occasions, the shepherd can find another lamb that lost a, uh, another sheep that lost its lamb and can get the, the bummer lamb to go with the new mother. But it doesn't happen very often because a lot of times bummer lambs feel so down about themselves that they won't accept help. They, they decide they're not worth being helped because that's what they were told, basically, by their mother. And so what, what the shepherd normally has to do then is they have to take care of this, this lamb as their own. Okay, so that means they've got to clean them up, wrap them up in blankets. They've got to hold them tight. Remember how I told you that lambs were so into voice? A lot of times the shepherd has to speak to the bummer lamb. In fact, the shepherd often has to sing to the bummer lamb. And slowly over time, not always, but sometimes, the lamb starts to find some new life. The shepherd will literally love and sing this lamb to start picking its head up. And then the lamb will start eating better. The lamb will start putting on weight. And sometimes the shepherd will take care of this lamb to a point where he can wean the lamb off of being fed every couple hours by the shepherd. And eventually the lamb can go into the flock as one of the lambs. Isn't that an amazing picture of healing, right? Amazing picture of healing. Today is Easter, and I want to just suggest to you that we first start thinking about how Jesus is the bummer lamb. Jesus is the bummer lamb. He was rejected and despised. His head drooped low from the cross, and he did that for us. This is what Isaiah 53 tells us. Prophecy about the coming Messiah who's going to be a suffering servant, a bummer lamb. It says, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, Jesus was the first bummer lamb. Rejected by the world, rejected by us. Goes to the cross, though he's innocent, he doesn't deserve it. He bears our griefs, he's struck, he's pierced, he's crushed for us. The rejected lamb. But that's Good Friday. Let's remember that this is Easter Sunday, which means that Jesus doesn't stay like that. There's resurrection. There's new life. By his wounds, we are what? Healed. 
We're healed. Jesus is the bummer lamb that comes back. But let's also remember that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who takes care of bummer lambs. If you read about the disciples, they are bums. Okay? They are bummer lambs. James and John learning to fish because they weren't smart enough to be rabbis. Peter denied him three times. Thomas, the doubter. Matthew, the tax collector. Mary Magdalene with her questionable past. Jesus spent most of his time around people that were labeled as sinners. It's like he collected this band of a bummer lambs rejected by the world, people that didn't quite fit in, and he, and he ate with them, and he fed them, and he sang with them. And I'm a bummer lamb. And you are too. We all, what does the text say in Isaiah? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've gone our own way. We are pushed away from others. We hang our head low. We have fallen short of what, I, what we could be. How many of you know that feeling of your head drooping low because you're depressed, because you're despised? Do you know what it's like to not feel like you're good enough? Like you're not worthy? How many of us have had those thoughts, still have those thoughts? Yeah. But we are bummer lambs. This is a bummer lamb club, everybody. Like, if you feel that way, this is the right place for you. We are the ones risen by the risen one. Okay? We are the ones that are trying to find healing and trying to find our wholeness in Christ. This is the space where we admit that we're bummer lambs. And yet we come to recognize and to celebrate the good shepherd that was a bummer lamb for us. This is Resurrection Sunday, everybody. The day that we remember not just that Christ rose, but that Christ is raising us from our tombs. We can pick our heads up. We don't have to walk around like bummer lambs. There's one other really interesting thing about bummer lambs. And that is that when the shepherd goes to call the sheep in for the night, or call the sheep in for food, you can normally tell who the bummer lambs are because they come first. They come to the shepherd first. When the shepherd calls, they're the first ones. They lead the rest of the sheep in. Why? Because they know the love of the shepherd. Not that they were loved more than the other sheep. They just know the love in a different kind of way. They know that voice they've been sung to by it. They've been healed by it. They've had life spoken into them through it. And so when that shepherd speaks... It's normally the bummer lambs that come running first. It's the bummer lambs that follow the voice of God first and that lead other people towards healing, the healing of that voice, because they know it so well. As John 10, 3 and 4 says, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flocks, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. So one of the beautiful things about being a bummer lamb and admitting you're a bummer lamb and understanding that you're a bummer lamb is you get to know the voice of God, the healing, singing voice that cared for you and fed you in your hard times. And then you know the voice and then you can lead other people to that voice because you know the voice so well. See, this is Easter. 
So let's think about Jesus as the ultimate bummer lamb. And in some way, let's feel his embrace. Hear him singing healing words into your life. Into those places where you feel despised and rejected. May the good shepherd lift up your head. Where your head is low, Jesus is holding you close. Where you feel rejected, he is feeding you. Where you feel like you're not enough, Jesus is speaking love to you. Where you feel like you are broken, Jesus is singing resurrection to you. Rise. Lift up your heads. Your good shepherd is calling.